Ki 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 ma ma ma. Masters of Horror returns. The cult film show, a cult film showdown, is watching Masters of Horror, uh, a 2005 to 2007 series that ran on Showtime for mature audiences. Uh, and uh, we are nearing the end. This is the third from the end. The uh, finale, Eve, Eve, Eve. Um, no, two Eves. <laughs> uh, and I am James Cotta, uh, running the show this time, and uh, I'm joined by Nick Boxer. Greetings. I'm here, attend in attendance, paying attention, sort of. <laughs> and bringing some class to the joint, Jack Hall. Oh, sorry, you were bringing a joint to the class. Uh, Jack that, that's probably more more accurate. Yes, <laughs> I was currently scratching my balls when you're introducing me. So. <laughs> that that is uh, as I, I mean, am the, usually. The listeners can't the listeners can't hear it, but they feel it. They sense it. Oh yeah, yeah. If I sound more relaxed, current scratching is <laughs> very. All right, Masters of Horror season two, episode eleven. Uh, the Black Cat, and uh, Jack, uh, you're you might have the whole rest of the of our runtime here to tell us about the masters involved. Yeah, no question, no question. This is uh, the Black Cat. You may be familiar with the story from Edgar Allan Poe, and uh, if you're not, then go look up Edgar Allan Poe and read some of his work. Um, of course, uh, one of the most iconic i'd say top five most iconic horror authors of all time wouldn't you say he's certainly maybe top three uh horror writers yeah yeah i say like, i i think like him maybe like lovecraft probably goes ahead of him like king maybe but yeah that's about it though that's about it yeah, I mean, Edgar Allan Poe, obviously, and this is uh, the Black Cat is one of his more famous stories. And uh, it's this adaptation is from uh, the wonderful Stuart Allen Gordon, uh, who was, of course, uh, you know, from beyond reanimator uh, fortress, honey, I shrunk the kids uh, space jocks. Uh, I don't know about a billion other things Pit in the pendulum. Another uh, another adaptation that he did. Dolls is and, a favorite of mine. Yeah, it's mm. great stuff, you know. And uh, he's a a legend that is uh, sorely missed, passing away a couple years ago in 2020, uh, which is more than a couple years. But don't do the math. Uh, you know, <laughs> and his frequent his frequent uh, collaborator uh, uh, Dennis Paoli. I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Uh, who wrote many screenplays with Stuart Gordon uh, is uh, credited on this as well. And it has the wonderful Jeffrey Combs who has worked on pretty much all those films that we just mentioned that uh, other than Honey, I Shrunk the Kids because uh, uh, Stuart Gordon only wrote that, didn't direct it. But other than that, uh, Jeffrey Combs has worked pretty much in every single film that Stuart Gordon <laughs> Uh, that we mentioned so far um, and is, uh, you know, just a spectacular actor, um, known, well known for playing many roles on Star Trek as well, and uh, films like, uh, you know, uh, 
the Giver and Robot Jocks that we mentioned, Transfers 2, Dr. Mordred, uh, Lurking Fear, Castle Free. Castle Free is a wonderful film. Wonderful film. And uh, another Stuart Gordon film. So, you know, yes, it's not exactly uh, Stuart Gordon stretching himself too far. <laughs> but the uh, there's no question that the masters are here. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. What what happens in this? Um, it turns out uh, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, when he's drunk, can't kill a cat. Um, <laughs> that's about the story. Um, no, it. This is obviously an allegory of alcoholism, um, and uh, Edgar. Uh, uh, Edgar Allan Poe is fighting his demons uh, with drink. At the same time, he's pretty sure that his pet black cat is causing his wife's illness and is a bad omen and is evil. And uh, yeah, he kills the cat a couple of times and fails. And then his wife gets really, really sick and then gets better and they move because they're poor and he can't write uh, because he's drunk. And then he starts, the cat comes back who he thought was dead. Only this time um, he tries to kill the cat and he accidentally kills his wife. So he tries to hide it and you know what? He gets caught and it's a curse thing. Um, I actually, didn't love this adaptation. It was far too long. I went back and read the the uh, story. I highly recommend that. The story is a whole lot more succinct than this hour-long show. Um, but if you want to watch uh, Jeffrey Combs to the series, this is the one for you. Yeah, I love this episode personally. I, I had a different interpretation of it. I, I thought it was extremely cleverly done how they wove the story of the black cat into the origin of where that story would have come from like they kind of mixed it in and out and uh yeah i i thought it was and and jeffrey combs is just so damn good in it and i love this the the pacing and the lighting i thought was fantastic the opening sequence with the the drawings from uh a bunch of uh i'm, I'm not sure I remember the artist's name but the artist's uh a lot of the books that Edgar Allan Poe were uh, did were accompanied by art, and this is the art from that uh, that story. And you know, like, great presentation. Yeah, to me, it's this is one of my favorites for sure. It was. Uh, I, I recently saw a play that was about um, Edgar Allan Poe's life, so it was really interesting. Uh, having that i had not read the short story i read it after i watched this and uh it because they're merging um as also often happens a lot of poe adaptations make poe the main character um because he wrote like a, a, at least black cat is written first person um the other things i've read are, are written first person uh, so that makes that it gives you the uh, you make the assumption when it's written first person that it's about the person about the writer um, and so the the stuff of Poe's own life, the own tra the tragedies he endured, and the alcoholism that uh, that he struggled with, 
uh, and by struggled with, I mean horribly failed most of the time. Uh, he was uh, he drank himself to death in the end. Uh, and then mixing in the black cat, which is about this guy who hates his cat. Um, <laughs> and so the so most of like we actually see Poe go through these things and his and his wife go through these things, as opposed to like they're not neutral characters. Uh, and I think. I feel like Raven was done that way too, wasn't it? That one of the one of the the yes, uh, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's an earlier version of the there's a full length version of the Black Cat that is uh, that's the uh, that I think is the same. So, there's just that. Uh, I mean, so it'd be like, yeah, it'd be like making Stephen King the main character of a Stephen King story because it's told in first person. Um, it's like Poe has become a character on his own, separate from his work. Um, and, uh, like Jeffrey Combs just knocks this out of the park. Like it's like, he does an, a perfect impression of someone. We don't know how they looked or sounded, or we know how he looked, but we don't know how he sounded. We don't know how he acted. I mean, we only know what he looked like from like a couple of photos. And yet when we watch him, you know, it's Edgar Allan Poe. Like he just sells the character that well. Um, it is a, it's a, it is a, it's an uncomfortable story, uh, cause it is about, uh, uh, trying, trying and succeeding and then maybe not succeeding killing a cat. Um, so as a, as a cat, they found an adequate creepy cat, I have to say. Oh, they did. Yeah. Like that's one creepy looking cat that they, that they got there. I mean, you're like, that cat does not look natural. Yeah. Well, it's got two I different color it. eyes, which, uh, which like will will put you off uh, i love that subtle bet that his publisher also has two different colored eyes i never noticed that that's that's interesting yeah it's like because there is this uh like there's a bit where he's talking to his publisher and his publisher mentions um i can't remember which one he mentions but he mentions like one of the recent one of the like more famous post stories and how and then uh poe basically says like i based it on like the idea of killing you so <laughs> that's that's why it was so successful <laughs> um but yeah like i'm mean, just building this whole thing around combs was so good um yeah he's just a fantastic actor really you know i mean it's it's because of the nature of like a, a beyond from beyond or reanimator it's you don't necessarily realize how wonderful he is. It really was when he was doing the different roles, and especially in in, in Deep Space Nine in Star Trek, mm. yeah. and underneath all the makeup and the recurring character. I can't remember the new character's name, but a recurring character that he gave so much nuance to this character. And it was like I was just like, this guy's a marvelous actor, like really underrated, mm-hmm. and and uh, and he's so charismatic that he just holds the screen so brilliantly in this episode and again nick uh, yeah for you you know i mean you mentioned if you want to see jeffrey combs chew up the screenery you must have enjoyed his performance oh i i enjoyed his performance i think the disconnect with me um is they hit really hard hard on the alcohol thing yet i didn't actually believe he was drunk he was even trying to kill this cat while sober (laughs) um and that that was um part of the reason i actually went back to the original story to see how um 
heavily they hit upon alcohol being part of this, and it is there. Um, but it's mentioned quickly in the beginning, and then you can sort of infer that he's drunk th throughout um, his imaginations of this cat. Mm. Um, and it's only a short story, so that kind of works. But I think in this longer form, I was sort of like, okay, get over this damn cat. <laughs> well, I mean, but the thing is, it's it's about a man who is a drunk, make no doubt about it. But it's about his slow descent into madness, increasing madness. So I mean, whether he's drunk or not, I mean he's he's becoming increasingly mad, and the reason he's becoming increasingly mad is because of this cursed cat, right? Yeah. So I also think if his wife was more of a person in this, I think I could have related more. But she was just the saintly woman. Who put up with his antics? Um, <laughs> I did have. Uh, I did think it was hilarious um, because they 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 only mention it in passing. Uh, but there's over twenty years between Poe and uh, his wife Sissy. Um, they married at. She was thirteen when they married. Oh, uh, and his cousin. Um, oh, they do mention the cousin bit. Yeah, they do. They don't mention the. I mean, I mean, child bride was not uh, not unusual at that point, but that's still that's still a bit of a range. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, she's uh, she was she did die uh, tragically very young. She was only twenty four when she died. So, um, so yeah, she, the cousin thing was real. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was his second wife. He lost both wives to tuberculosis. Um, really? Yeah. Well, no wonder so, he drank. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he never married again. And he, and uh, um, yeah, he just. Uh, I thought they were going there near the end, but um, then they they switched gears. Yeah, they uh, kind of made it a little twist. I personally liked the twist, but I mean. Mm. I could I could see how people would not it would not work for them. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I I like the twist. <laughs> yeah, I like how it wraps up. I was I was I was satisfied with the with the ending and um, and I mean I I think again just having so much revolve around like him and Combs' performance um, is really like because uh, yeah I mean I, you know Nick was saying how his wife is like you know the the innocent virginal beauty but yeah, i mean she was um <laughs> he did adore her but uh um she yeah i mean she was they married at 13 she died at 24 so that's uh like she wasn't even out of her teens most of the time they were together now the the uh, moment where he kills the wife is with an axe to the head aiming for the cat Getting the wife instead. Did you like that? That was a uh, a very. It was a not a long shot, isn't it? It's a shot that went on for a, a good duration of her with the axe to the head. It is a. It's a. It was a shocking. Uh, it was just a super graphic bit in a story that hadn't been graphic. Exactly. Um, like a, it was very. Like it was very atmospheric to that point. Like when she started having the like, you know, coughing up blood, it there was a lot of blood, 
but it was still like it was it was still a dramatic kind of thing. It wasn't gross. Like she she coughed up blood, she didn't cough up chunks of lung uh, to be blood. <laughs> but then like he puts that axe in her face and her like her face is just split in two. Um and yeah, like it that axe is there for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like I could see how people would I mean, I thought it was great. I was like, oh, that's just that looks just great. <laughs> Like, but I could see how some people would be like, "Ah, oh, that special effect didn't work for me," because it, because it is very obviously a special effect. <laughs> but I mean, I just love that they just that they just went there and went for it. Yeah, it's uh, it, but yeah, it is very graphic. What did you think of it, Nick? Um, no, I I I enjoyed that little bit. Um, I thought it was appropriate. I thought it was well done that Stuart Gordon knew to stay on that shot as long as he did, and it was effective. Um, but going back to the short story, I kind of wanted a little bit of that with the cat, because in the story, I mean, Poe takes great delight in torturing the animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it um, I would have liked a little bit of that an- angle. Um, I don't really need him to scoop out the eye like he does in the story. Of the oh, cat. that was awful. That was awful. Um, <laughs> well, they but go after if the you're going to go there, I want everything to go there. <laughs> yeah, those those couple of bits do stand out more because they're not the tone of the rest. That it's like, it, but I mean, it's I mean, it's a horror story, and I mean, it's it's doing its job to like settle you down and you think you know where you're at and then it does like it has something super graphic or super scary or a jump scare um that's what this needed a jump scare you have a cat that's a classic jump scare thing (laughs) i wanted the cat to be more evil um but i was never really convinced that the cat was a supernatural uh thing in any way or how anyone could believe (laughs) <laughs> that the superna- uh, that the cat was causing any of this shit. <laughs> Other than it, when it comes back to life with a ring around its neck. <laughs> yeah, that that is uh, that's direct from the short story as well. That the that they find the second cat and it's got a uh, a white ring that looks like a noose. I mean, it looks like a noose to him because, like you know, his own guilt is is eating at him too. Um, so there is a bit but of that. I, I like the imagery of a white new like a white mark white burn mm-hmm. a scar, like a scarring type thing going on there. I thought that was kind of neat when you're talking about an immortal black cat. <laughs> All right, got anything else to say about the black cat? Uh Oh, I mean, other than I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really did. You know, yeah, like, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite episode, but it's, it's in that, it's, it's probably in my top five. Hmm. Nice. All right. Well, that was the black cat. Um, Our next time back will be the second to last. And, uh, Despite being uh, amazingly lovely and beautiful uh, and tragic, 
uh, poor sissy never takes her top off. So this gives us a count of <laughs> two out of four uh, for our ongoing uh, little wager on uh, how many of the last six episodes will have nudity. Uh, right yeah, now, or... I think you're not getting to your four. I, I know there's a good, Japanese yeah. episode. Yeah. There's a Japanese episode coming up, so there's a good yeah. chance there. Yep. But uh, I'm not so sure about this next one. Yeah, that's uh, so. Uh, again, uh, Nick and Nick and Jack said three. I said four. Uh, Price is right. Rules, of course. Um, and uh, so right now, right now they uh, they have it. Um, one more empty episode, and they'll they'll uh, they'll take the crown um, or crowns. What? How do you do that? Do you do make two crowns, or do you? Nick says three it? and a half. Yeah, he's, so he's it's, a bit, it's yeah. Only if he, unless he gets a half boob or a side boob, <laughs> I I get the I get the W. I get the Duke here. You know what? I think you should be uh, you should be penalized for guessing so horribly on the Tom R. Holland episode. <laughs> you re- really went in. You said you had a lock as soon as you're Tom Holland. You should be yeah, penalized for I really such thought. bad judgment. And when I look back on Tom Holland's work, uh, Fright Night, uh, Child's Play, and all these different things, Langoliers, I don't really think there is a lot of nudity now. I don't know what got me uh, you know, all hot and bothered. I think Fright Night had some. Don't, do, we, do we get nudity or not like i feel like i feel like it just gets like pg-13 with uh marcy from married with children yeah i, I have just pg-13 at best yeah i haven't seen that one since i was in that randy teenage years <laughs> i really like that film or it didn't take much i love that film yeah all right uh we will be back uh, next time. Uh, we are the Kel Film Showdown. You can find us on Instagram. You can support our work on Patreon. That's uh, be a big help to uh, keep us in in microphones and uh, maybe get uh, Nick a new computer uh, so he's not fighting with <laughs> updates every time we try to record. Uh, and uh, we are sponsored by wetalkpodcast.com, uh, the home of the Octagon. They have a Facebook. They have a Twitter. And... Uh, the Call Film Showdown has a YouTube channel with all of our previous episodes, and also uh, I put up some uh, some little rarities and some fun things that I think the audience that would like our show would would also enjoy. Um, and uh, re- last thing, uh, one of the latest things is uh, Shrigala, which is a Indonesian ripoff of Friday the Thirteenth. Um, so check out what we've got happening. Uh, next time we'll be back with episode season two, episode twelve, the Washingtonians, um, and uh, we will we'll see how many boobs there are with George Washington. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> how many boobs there are with George Washington? Always a question. That's a little bit. Of we a all wanted to know our whole lives. That's a, that's a double. I mean, just being. Just being George Washington, um, you know, just setting up the first American government. You're surrounded by boobs. Um, <laughs> I bet you, I bet you got a lot of tail. <laughs>